Bob and Charlene Steinkamp, founders of Rejoice Marriage Ministries, invite you into their living room in Pompano Beach, Florida, for a telephone conference call. Let's join other men and women from across the land who are seeking God's restoration of their marriage. Welcome to Rejoice Marriage Ministries, and we're thrilled to have you on a Sunday, beautiful Sunday afternoon in Pompano Beach, Florida. And we have two guests with us today, and Tim is manning the computer and the telephone system to have all of you join us. And then we have Allison, who's going to run little notes to me from one office to another. And then we have Eddie here today, who is one of our prayer partners, and is praying for many, many prayer requests on our chapel page and all of your standards. So he's uh, praying and interceding for this uh, telephone conference. And we have two special guests today. And I'll do ladies first. And we have Nancy from Texas, who actually did a devotional on Monday. So if you have not read your devotionals this week, I suggest you go to charlenecares.org and uh, .net. And we can go to Monday, and you'll see the a title is The Big Splash Will Come. And Nancy wrote that, and we even had comments, and we put them in the comments and Saturday testimonies that people were really touched by it. So we're praising the Lord to have Nancy here from Texas. Nancy, welcome. Thank you. I'm, I'm delighted to be here and amazed at you every day that um, God could use me. I, I'm grateful. <laughs> That's well, all thrilled. I can say. Well, we're thrilled to have you write devotionals, and you're on, then you share them with us, which the Lord gives you a word, and you, you share it with us, and we're thrilled to have you do that. And we're thrilled also to have Bob from Pennsylvania. And I do not want to be where Bob is in the wintertime because he has had the snow, as many, many of you have had snow this year, that I just pray for you when I watch the weather that you all uh, can get through all the heavy, uh, many, many feet of snow that you all have to get through to go to work. I cannot imagine it. Uh, living in Florida, it's just not something you can imagine very easily. <laughs> but uh, we're just thrilled to have you. And uh, Bob, welcome. And you Thank have you. Uh, a story to share today, but we're thrilled to have you. Thank you. It's great to be on. And you know, I must say that your name is going to be very easy to say <laughs> because I've always said Bob for a million times, so we're, you're going to be standing in place for Bob to be uh, helping me today. So thanks for coming, Bob. I appreciate well, it. Thank you. I know, uh, you know, the last time I was on, we had to figure out how to do between Bob and Robert. We, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I remember but, that. Uh, I wish we were still doing that today, and I know I you do, do too, too, but the Lord knows what he's doing. Oh, yes, he does, and Bob is... We're glad he's in a great place. He's in a great place looking down on us, and while probably the Lord opened the window every once in a while to show him what we're doing with the ministry. So he is, I'm sure, talking to the Lord about long stands and many, many people praying for many of us uh, down here. So I just... I always keep asking the Lord, what is his assignment up there? So anyway, we're just praising the Lord that we know that we know where he is. And that is what we want for you. We want your husband or wife home and that they know that they know if they were to die suddenly, as I've talked about this week, 
that you would know with assurance that your uh, spouse or your or anyone else uh, would know um, that they're in heaven. And that's what we're praying for. So anyway, we just praise the Lord that uh, that we have you all with us and that it will be um, getting busier um, with the people coming in on the phones, and we just praise you for that. But let's go to prayer and ask the Lord to bless this time. Lord, we just thank you for today. We thank you for all the people that are going to be calling in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Lord, I pray that you would anoint Bob and Nancy and I as we share from our hearts. And Lord, we thank you for uh, the people that are here helping us, Tim, Allison, and Eddie. And Lord, we just ask that you would be with all the people that are hurting right now, that feel like their marriage is hopeless, that their husband or wife for what they're doing or saying or living or the court procedures or the losing of their homes, their jobs, their children problems, the children that are hurting or rebelling, um, that are saying so many hurtful things. Lord, there are so many issues, even financial and health issues. So, Lord, we know that there are many people in this, uh, on this phone listening to this message and want and need a touch from you. And Nancy, Bob, and I cannot do what only you can do. So, Lord, we ask you, Holy Spirit, to uh, touch each and every wounded heart, and may they feel the presence of the Holy Spirit right where they are listening to this um, Bible. Um, it's a teaching or a sharing or the telephone conference. So we just pray that, Holy Spirit, you will just give them hope and encouragement. I pray you would heal their wounded heart. I pray you will give them divine hope in believing that nothing, nothing isn't too hard for you to do. Mm -hmm. And that, Lord, that when you have found us or you've heard about marriage restoration, that was the Lord directing his steps and for you, for his assignment for you. And I pray that you will believe that your husband or wife, regardless of what they're speaking now, will speak restoration in the future if you will hold on. So, Lord, we just pray that you will open everybody's spiritual eyes and ears and their hearts to receive what we speak and what the Word says and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we put the blood of Jesus over us and the hedge of protection and the wall of fire to protect us from the evil one and protect all the standards that are listening. And may they not have interruptions and may they just hear everything so very clearly. And uh, Lord, we just pray for a blessed afternoon. And I know this time is going to go so fast. And we just pray that you will bless it abundantly and mightily. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I pray that everyone that is listening will even, if they hear that it's something that's good, that you forgot to tell one of your friends that is a stander or somebody that you go to know at church that is having marriage problems, that you would uh, call them and suggest or email them and tell them to call this number and the access code to uh, get encouragement and hope. Because how many of us know that there's somebody that their spouse is saying they're leaving or they've left and they're going through the uh, court battle of divorce and uh, or somebody may be talking marriage to another person or there may be a baby. Uh, there are circumstances of all variety that we deal with. But there is no circumstance, even a non-covenant marriage, that is impossible for marriage restoration. And we've had Sandra and Andy 
Andrews on uh, recently, a couple of times recently, to encourage all the people who have had their spouse married. So if you want to, you can always go back to the telephone conferences to the past and listen to their testimonies and get hope and encouragement. And uh, we just praise the Lord. But we just want you to know that we are praying for Resurrection Sunday. We are praying for the through the Lent, through the time that everybody is preparing their hearts for Easter, that we're praying that the Lord, and there's many people praying, fasting, and praying uh, from our ministry and many other people. Even your, maybe your mother, father, or brother, or sister are praying for you and for your spouse to have a marriage restored. But we're praying for loved ones and your spouse to accept the Lord Jesus Christ or turn back from where they've walked into the wilderness of darkness and sin, living a sinful life's nature, um, have walked away maybe from, they may have been a Bible teacher, they may have been a pastor, they may have been a youth pastor. It doesn't matter. What happened was the enemy tempted them and they fell into the uh, trick of the enemy and fell into sin as in Genesis, and uh, as it happened to Eve and Adam. So, Lord, we want you to believe that with the Lord, nothing is too hard, and that we want you to look at this next two months, this month, which is almost over, and then April, and Easter is late this month, uh, year. It's April 24th, but we're going to try to be doing um, a telephone conference on the 17th on Palm Sunday, Lord willing. And we're going to try to do it where we're going to be praying for a mighty harvest of your husbands and wives to come home, for your children who have not known the Lord Jesus Christ, who have not made that commitment to turn their hearts. In. But we need you to pray. We need you to fast. We need you to believe that you, can, uh, you cannot control, you cannot manipulate your spouse or... Um, trying to, to get them to do, to come home. It doesn't work. But you can show them the unconditional love of your Lord Jesus Christ. And you can be careful how you react to circumstances, and we can live a Christ-like life. And we can think, what would Jesus do? So we're really wanting to uh, emphasize that we've got several weeks for us to be diligent, to be disciplined, and to be dedicated to praying and standing in the gap for our loved ones and for all the prodigals around the world. And we can far go outside our just the marriage ministry, and we can go out for all the prodigals, all the lost uh, people. We need to have a mighty revival in our nation, and that's what we're praying for. So let me take you to a couple of scriptures, and then we're going to uh, talk to our guest. But in Psalm 119, verse 45, and if you don't have pencil or paper, I would suggest you get a pencil and paper, a pen, get a glass of iced tea, get a Coke or hot coffee, and uh, sit down and get your Bible, and let's um, you know try to uh, apply this all to God's Word. But Psalm 119, verse 45 says, I will walk about in freedom, for I have sought out your precepts. And you're going to hear, and, and when you go into Rejoice Marriage Ministry website, you are going to see 
and know that there's something different about it because we say Jesus is the answer. He paid the price. He came to this earth and he walked and spoke and did miracles and spoke and delivered people from demons. He healed people. He fed 5,000. He had he did so many teaching assignments with his disciples to prepare them for what they were going to be doing after he died on the cross. He knew he had to pay a price and he shed his blood and there's power in the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it says in Psalm 146, verse 7 and 8, The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. And that is a scripture that you can claim. You can put your husband or wife or children's name in it to say, we need to pray and believe that the Lord can do anything. Nothing, nothing is too hard. In fact, in Isaiah 49, verse 9, says to say to the captives come out and to those in darkness be free and that's our burden that's our that's our prayer is that we would get our spouses our husbands our wives back together again and to start rebuilding their marriage on the solid rock of Jesus Christ so that's what we're going to do today and we're going to talk about that and we're thrilled to have Nancy here and we're going to do ladies first and can you share briefly how you came to know the Lord and what happened to your marriage? And maybe how did you start standing? How did the Lord tell you to start standing? Okay. Um, I was fortunate to be raised in a Christian home and in church and accepted Christ and was baptized when I was actually eight years old. And unfortunately, I didn't do a lot of spiritual growing until after I was married and began to have marriage problems and the bottom really fell out. Um, my husband and I were married and things had been really fantastic by the world standard, well in pursuit of our American dream and uh, everything seemed perfect except we were kind of doing it without God and so when the enemy came and attacked and, and all those circumstances hit at once like they do, um, another person and finances and uh, all those things, um, that really became <laughs> the, the, the moment I realized I didn't really know God like I thought. I pretty much used him as a fire extinguisher um, in my Christian faith and really only got serious about you know, praying and reading the word when I was in trouble, and um, and I was in big trouble <laughs> with my marriage, um, but was very grateful to be directed to Rejoice Ministries and, and called to stand for my husband, who I loved very much, even though I was very hurt and angry, um, very bitter, a lot of unforgiveness. That took me some time to work through, uh, and God was able to deliver me from that, and um, that was two years ago, and I'm just very grateful um, for this season of my life. It sounds crazy. I, I'd never wished that emotional pain on anyone, ever, but it was probably the best thing that ever happened to my walk with God because I began to see just how very much I had lived without him and, and his will for my life and, and was content as long as things were okay to kind of go my own way. So that's my story, and here I am. I'm grateful to say that um, I had to learn the hard way, but I did. And, and life with God and, and pursuing His will and doing it His way is just so much better. The circumstances still come, but the enemy, it's, it's not as easy for him to rob me of that peace and joy. And um, 
I just want to, you know, thank God for that every day. <laughs> right. And, you know, I believe when we get to the point that we can finally say, I praise the Lord that I've had to go through this circumstance to come to know my Lord more than I've ever known him before and have him meet me right where I'm at and have the presence of the Lord and feel that presence, um, you've come a long way. That's the huge first big giant step that we all need because at first I thought that the world was crashing down and the divorce and everything my whole life, everything I had stood for and wanted of an of a awesome marriage in a church, uh, I failed and I felt like I failed and I had a flashing D on my head. Even though I had filed for divorce due to Bob's unfaithfulness, I still felt the guilt of divorcing my husband. And that was really the Holy Spirit trying to convict me that he had another way and another way to solve through this. But I didn't seek his face first. I just went and walked through the divorce through anger and bitterness. But once the Lord got my attention, once he started, um, I just started, you know, I heard a testimony of somebody sharing what the Lord had done and how they restored their marriage. Once I heard one testimony, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me, that was the beginning of a new walk with the Lord that's never changed ever since. And that is what I pray for every stander. You have to have that first, that hunger and first thirst for our Lord Jesus Christ. Get to know him before we can fight for our marriage. We have to have know him and how great and how awesome he is. And, uh, and that, that he will take the pain away. And he will. How is your pain? It's better. I mean, it's just, of course, learning to forgive my prodigal and release that bitterness and really release him and the entire situation to God was the turning point. Um, you know, I don't miss it. <laughs> there are times that uh, it comes back around, particularly the holidays. That's always mm-hmm. a rough time for standers. Um, you know, and then when I'm when I'm around couples who do it right and do it God's way, I'm grateful for that, but at the same time long for that for myself. Right. It still comes, but I am better able to handle it um, just through Scripture, and, and that's part of why as my relationship with Christ grew and I began to really experience him as, you know, my comforter, um, that's made all the difference. Uh, and that is the secret. Bob, we're thrilled to have you, and uh, we just love to have uh, a, a man that's got the name Bob. I'm just prejudiced to that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thrilled to have you here for two reasons, and uh, I'm so glad you live in Pennsylvania. We are the ministry that we work with that makes all our CDs and book covers is in Pennsylvania. So we're we love Pennsylvania. We have two billboards in Pennsylvania. So we love Pennsylvania. So. Welcome. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about your walk with the Lord and about your marriage and um, how what happened and where are you now? Okay. Well, um, I too was uh, raised in a in a Christian home, and uh, as was my wife, and um, so I, um, you know, there's never a time when I didn't believe in Jesus Christ, I would say, but at the age of 14, I um, I would say surrendered, I guess is the right word, to, uh, um, you know, his calling in my life, and I was baptized a few months later, and, um, you know, and I've sought to 
live his way um, ever since. My wife and I met probably um, really when I was a freshman in college, and she was a year younger than me. And um, you know, we were married after my uh, junior year um, and uh, at college, and um, actually we were married for 22 and a half years. Um, and um, by uh, I'll, I'll tell you this, uh, I never saw this coming. Um, I knew our marriage wasn't perfect, but uh, to be honest, I, I didn't think we had a good marriage. I thought we had a great marriage. And I think most people that knew us, including her family and mine, thought the same thing. Um, but um, somewhere uh, along the way, um, and I honestly, I don't know where, I don't know how, but the enemy um, crept in. My wife was uh, actually, uh, I mean, you know, I, I always uh, considered, I still uh, I want to think of her as a virtuous woman and believe, uh, you know, she, she certainly was, and um, but somehow, um, and, and she was someone who read, she knew the scriptures, um, was, uh, had been several years in a program of reading the Bible in a year, and she, mm. you know, loved it, and, um, you know, uh, influenced my life, and very positive ways, but uh, one day in late 2005, she told me that, uh, and I know many of you on the call, if I, you know, just looking at the testimonies I've read, you know, have heard, have heard something like this, you know, I don't love you, I've never loved you, and uh, yeah. I mean, just rocked my world, um, I can't even, nothing, you know, November 5th, 2005, I think of as the the day the more than any other that's changed my world um, <laughs> just, um, and uh, those words are uh, cut to the heart immediately and so yeah exactly it was just amazing to me I mean I it was I felt like I had just uh, I never watched the show but I've heard about it you know like I walked through the Twilight Zone or something so mm-hmm. it was just so you know and for months years and some days still I, I think am I you know, am I dreaming, or did this really happen? But, you know, it really happened, and, um, but I, I would say I started my stand that night. Um, I um, uh, couldn't sleep, <laughs> and um, I remember wa- uh, going downstairs to my office just to be alone with the Lord, and uh, just crying out to Him, and uh, sensing, you know, I didn't, no, no audible voice, but sensing Him saying, um, I'm going to restore your marriage. Um, you know, it's going to be better than it's ever been. And um, I, I uh, for, you know, probably the next year and a half, um, and we were still together at that time, um, I, or, yeah, I, you know, I, I stood as best I knew how. And, and so many, I never heard of Rejoice Marriage Ministries until then, somewhere around 18 months into my stand. But all the things that... Um, you know, so many, not all. I'm not saying I haven't. I mean, I've learned and, and, and been so positively reinforced in my stand by this ministry. Um, and, not that, and I know this call is not about this ministry, but it's the ministry of Jesus Christ. And But, but what's been amazing to me is the, the encouragement I've received from um, hearing, you know, because we all serve the same Lord if we serve the Lord Jesus. And, and, and he speaks the same kinds of things and the situations are different but you know what he tells us to do um, is so similar in so many ways he does it in um, 
million different ways, but um, you know, so that's been so positive for me. Um, but uh, just to quickly summarize sort of where I am, uh, it took about over two years before my wife filed for divorce, um, which she did, and it was another three years before that actually finalized. You know, I, I've prayed against it for um, for years, um, and I've had a lot of promises from the Lord, um, but I have to confess, as much as I wanted for it and asked for it, He never promised me that we wouldn't ultimately be divorced. Mm -hmm. And um, in January of this year, um, the divorce was finalized, and um, you know I probably had about a two-day pity party, and the Lord really um, just encouraged me with really two words. Um, and it just kept coming back to me, and it was that He knew. You know, He knows. He knows because um, um, I don't know if any of you have this struggle, but sometimes it, it just feels like if God only understood what was going on, He'd fix this. You know, and. Uh, it just came to me so clearly um, that it's not because he doesn't know what's going on, but that he does. There, there's a reason behind this that I don't know, but he does. I don't know what it is that he knows, but he does, and I need to be uh, content with that. I need to just rest in him and trust him um, because uh, he's not confused. He's not uh, he's not out of the, uh, you know um, missing something. Um, and um, so anyway, I don't want to belabor it at this point, but I've just been, uh, the last two months has been a, uh, just a, a, a continuing the journey to, to uh, uh, rest on his promises, you know, because that's where I find uh, the only place I can find solid footing is, is resting on the promises of Jesus Christ, which he's never yet failed to keep and never will. Well, I think the one thing that you said, and I think, that we all encourage, especially in this ministry, is that God does speak. And we earnestly, diligently pray that you will seek the Lord and seek his face. Mm -hmm. um, that you will seek and say, well, he, I don't know how that, that happens. I don't know. I've never heard the Lord speak to me. And, um, but the Lord does speak in John 10. It talks about that my sheep hear my voice. And I want you and encourage you that if you've not had that experience happen where you just hear um, the Holy Spirit's voice in your mind, um, where you even um, will pray about, you know, I've got to the point where, Lord, if I lose something, please show me or tell me where to find it. If I want to say, Lord, who, what do you want me to teach about? today uh, for the devotional. Lord, as I do my devotions today, may something be very strong that I need to know that's what we're going to teach on this today. The Lord does direct our steps. And we need to come to know to the point that there is an enemy and this is a spiritual battle. It is um, between darkness and light and that we need to understand that it is a spiritual battle and that you're like in Iraq Afghanistan, Libya, wherever you are, but there is an enemy. And the Lord has chosen you and given you a, a quite an honor and has chosen you to stand in the gap for your beloved husband and or wife or children. In fact, we, I want to praise the Lord 
and commend that we have many parents that are praying for their daughter or son's marriage, for their grandchildren, that they would not have to go through a divorce and go have a separation of their parents. And uh, the parents that are standing in the gap for that are heartbroken because they raised their children in a different way and they never thought divorce would attack their marriage, um, their children's marriages. Often the, their child has no uh, recourse right at the moment. But they're standing in the gap and that is such a blessing to get a prayer partner, to get somebody that is praying with you and agreeing with you. You don't always have it, but many do. And uh, do not take this assignment from God lightly, you know, but be in awe that your Lord Jesus Christ has chosen you and that he has a mightier plan and purpose for you in your life and that um, he has an assignment. And he says, um, so many others would say, I want a different assignment, you know, thank you. I think Abraham probably said that. I think Moses said it. Noah said it. And we can go on and on with how many people. Deborah, you know, there are, are just so many. But um, but God has a plan, not for just our generation, but for future generations, for the legacy of our marriage. I know that our children and our grandchildren and their children will come to know about Grandma and Grandpa and about their ministry and what their uh, call was on their life. And I just pray that it goes on to other, our children and grandchildren and future generations, that they will become servants of the Lord and it will be used mightily and to greater uh, means than we are. And I think that's what, um, Bob, you have children. How many do you have? Four. Yeah, I have uh, four aged... Uh I guess my oldest just turned 23 this week, and uh, the youngest is um, 15. And I'm sure your heart's desire is for them all to know the Lord and to serve the Lord or in some way and to be used mightily by the Lord in the future. Absolutely. And that you're standing in the gap not only for your wife but for your children also. Absolutely. But those, I want to speak to another set of people that is like Nancy. Yes. <laughs> and that is a special group of people that I get a letter from or email, and this is what they're going to say, and I'm going to let Nancy go on a little bit on this, put her on the spot. But they write, I've just been married one or two, three years. This is my first marriage, my husband's first marriage, and it has just crumbled. I never expected it. I had a beautiful wedding, but it all fell apart. And there could have been alcohol or there could have been divorce on one of the sides of the parents. It does not. We don't know if it was a generational sin or curse that was passed on from one generation to another. There's many different issues of why um, a new marriage falls apart. <clears throat> many is that we didn't set it up on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And you know, there's all these different reasons. But my spouse has now had, um, has divorced me, and now they have uh, a child out of wedlock. And, or they've married someone else, and now they have a child. And now, should I be standing? Should I not be uh, praying? Should I go on? I mean, because I don't want to break up this family. And I would say, 
anything that was birthed with adultery was is not uh, God's not blessing it. He's wanting you as you're standing because you're the covenant wife. You're the covenant husband. And so you need to stand in the gap. God would not have spoken to you if he did not want to have your marriage restored. And we have to stand on the promises of God. Stand on the word of God and know what it says about adulterous situations. That's Nancy, right. I'm going to throw you the, the <laughs> six I was ball. ready. <laughs> I know. Um, but that we want you young people to know how important we believe your marriage restoration and standing is. It's not just for the marriages that have been married 25 years or 30 years or 40 years. It's for the ones that have been married one, two, three, five years. Yes. Yes. Um, I I realized actually just this past week that my husband and I have now been separated a third of our marriage. But that's okay <laughs> because uh, I, I just I, I encourage all so much to know um, you know that that was one of the things that so many people had extra emphasis on trying to encourage me as um, your Bob always said to get on with your life mm-hmm. you know like you don't have kids or whatever well you're young you're beautiful I, God had plans for our kids <laughs> and I think that's part of why the enemy came in and, and did what he did in my ignorance and disobedience but you know covenant marriage is so important and for those of you that do have children, it is so important to to do everything as a parent to, to model that for them, but also to train them up, that they choose wisely and choose in God's will that person for them, because if you're standing, you, you understand and have a unique perspective of God's marriage and his plan for it that the world does not. Because, you know, when I got married, I didn't get married to, if this doesn't work out, I'm going to try it again with somebody else. Um, that wasn't God's plan, and so yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, covenant marriage is covenant marriage. It doesn't matter how many years you enjoyed together or despaired through until you came to be called to stand for your marriage and your spouse and and for salvation and and for the prodigals around you. And you know, God is God. The same God that that delivered. Israel from Egypt and, and did all these miracles in the Old Testament and through Jesus in the New Testament, that is the same God that we're praying for to move this mountain of finances, circumstances, the other person. And I, I'm very, I want to be careful about how I say this. I have not been asked to endure a non-covenant marriage or an Ishmael baby from my prodigal, but, you know, if it comes, then it comes. But I just know that there is no circumstance too big that God cannot work through. And we see it all the time in the Saturday testimonies, and I'm so encouraged by those week to week um, just to see real world. But, you know, if you can't crack your Bible <laughs> and see, you know, over and over and over again when people just prayed and poured out their heart, their heart to God in faith, you know, and, and believed in what they couldn't see but knew God promised, and that's why it's so important, so important. Early, as early in your stand as possible, learn to recognize when God is speaking because there will come times when you're discouraged and the enemy's attacking and even people who care about you are going to try and speak death over your marriage and tell you to get on and whatever. And you might wonder, you know, is this, am I really supposed to be doing this? Did I hear God right? And that's how you know. 
you know, is to just know. And, and God wants you to know his will, trust me. <laughs> that is the one thing I have found over and over again. Even more than you want to know, he wants you to know. And you come to that through prayer and the word and just being sensitive to that. But it doesn't matter. If you're married, you're married. And, you know, if, if, if the paperwork in the courthouse says you're divorced, it doesn't matter. What matters is what God says. And you just cling to that promise and cling to that truth and, and, and know that it's going to happen. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And the Ishmael baby is, a, is an exact word that we often use is where Abraham, uh, Sarah meddled with what God wanted. Um, him, God spoke to Abram and told Abram that Sarah was going to have a baby, even though she was very old and it was a, would be a miracle. But uh, so she ended up and gave uh, one of her servants uh, to uh, Abraham to help God have this child, and it was not meant to be. And um, so, you know, it ended up that Isaac was born, and uh, the Ishmael baby was uh, removed in, in a certain point of time. And uh, it's the Ishmael baby was not to be. Sarah's and Abram's child. It was to be Isaac. And um, it that is just a classic example of us manipulating and trying to control all of our circumstances in marriage. Um, and I will say that, and I will use this as a hint, that so many of, of us, when we were standing and when I was standing, uh, thought that we if we could say the right thing, do the right thing, um, it would um, be easy to get them to come home suddenly. You're hearing our fax machine in our office ring, which is not supposed to ring on a Sunday afternoon, but it is, so please excuse it. But anyway, what we need to understand is that God is a God of impossibilities, and he wants us to believe that what he's telling us well, and if you don't feel like the Lord has spoken to you strongly, I know that some of you will even write it in Saturday testimonies that you type up seeking a divorce or help I'm, my marriage is just falling apart, and you get our website. And that's God speaking to you and directing your steps. But he will even confirm that. He will even speak to you more. But I will say that sometimes, and unfortunately, we have a problem where we go to church and we need encouragement and we want hope and and we go to the people who are praying for us or who know us and, and they will say to you, how are you doing? What's happening with Bob? And uh, I would say, you know, if I told them the circumstances, they would say, forget him, you know. You right. know. And, you know, you don't want to do that. And I would say, after I learned, after when I threw the garbage all over everything and started uh, telling all the circumstances, the Lord taught me, you know, to, to uh, hush, be silent, don't, don't throw the garbage out all over the street. Because my husband wanted and would need to come back to church, even though he said he would never walk through those doors again. And that, you know, he would never be in that church. He ended up coming back to that church. <clears throat> Excuse me. And three weeks after we had gotten remarried, they had a testimony time in that Sunday morning service, which you don't usually have. And the pastor said, I just feel led we should praise the Lord today. And Bob stood up and repented and 
said, thank you for praying for me. Thank you for praying for my family. And uh, he went back to that church and humbled himself and showed the church the prodigals do come home. And you are a witness. You are. You need to cover your spouse's nakedness. Try not to have your children hear all the garbage and everything about their spouses. Sometimes now in this generation, the kids know more than we do about certain things, but and our children are exposed to the other person, or they are going with them and having to share them, you know, every other week or they go for the summer and they are living in that situation and it's very difficult, but that's where you pray for your children. That's where you pray the hedge of protection. You put the blood of Jesus over them. You put the armor of God on them every day. Your Father, your Heavenly Father, loves your child and children more than you do, and he is more concerned about what they're being exposed to, and he knows what they're being exposed to. So we, we just want to emphasize that God does speak. And um, what are some words and some scriptures? I'm going to put you two on the spot. But do, are there any special scriptures the Lord has given you that have always you've stood on or you remember or when you have a bad day you pull it out or anything? Have you had, you know, I've, I'm always sharing this is a favorite scripture. This is a favorite scripture. I'll start with one in Isaiah 42. But um, while you guys are flipping through the Bible, but um, maybe we could share a couple of scriptures that would encourage them. But um, in Isaiah 42, it says, um, I hope I'm not taking one of your scriptures, but it says, see the former things in verse 9, Isaiah 42, verse 9, see the former things have taken place, and new things I declare. Before they spring into being, I announce them to you. And then I read on to verse 14. For, I, for a long time I've kept silent. I've been quiet and held myself back. But now, like a woman in childbirth, I cry out. I gasp. I pant. I will lay waste the mountains and hills and dry up all their vegetation. I will turn rivers into islands, dry up the pools. Well, I will lead, verse 16 the blind by ways they've not known along unfamiliar paths. I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are things I will do. I will not forsake them. And that was the scripture the Lord gave me regarding Bob, that he was telling me there's something that's going to happen. And even though you cannot see it, you do not hear it, we see no evidence of it. I'm going to do it, and I will bring him from the darkness into the light. And that's what we. Those are the promises that I would say. And I, I'd always write the date on it when the Lord spoke to me, and I would write Bob's name on them. And I did that with my children also, but because I stood on the Word of God, and when God spoke it and made it seem to leap up off the page or be highlighted or just the just the Holy Spirit would just speak to my heart. And I know some of you are brand new and standing and you're saying, I don't understand this. Go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and start in John and just start reading the Gospel of John and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, 
both of these people have said how important it is to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you don't know the Lord, repent of your failures of the part, your part of the marriage and ask the Lord to come into your life to cleanse you of your sins and to turn from your hardened heart or your failure of, of not knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, I've, I've made some mistakes in my life. But just ask the Lord to forgive you and then he will come into your life. He'll become your savior that you will receive eternal life. When you call on the Lord and he's your Lord forever, and he will be your savior and Lord of your life. And, and ask him, direct my steps. Speak loud. I told the Lord at the beginning when I was uh, trying to hear his voice, uh, I said, write it on the wall because I can't hear you. And you know what he did? He had a book that he wrote me, a Bible. And he would write, the scriptures would just seem to leap off the page just to speak to me. Nancy, do you have a scripture? I do. Um, Galatians 6, 9 is one of my ones just for what's known as a bad bad day. <laughs> I um, know what you mean. <laughs> it says, uh, I have a new King James, and let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. That's an awesome scripture. Yes. And then uh, I have a second, Psalms 27, 13. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Mm. And there are those times when um, part of, of covering your na your prodigal's nakedness and um, seeking the Lord and, and not... Um, I compounded my problems beginning by sharing with everyone and gossiping under the guise of a prayer request, hmm. which which is not good. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't do it. That's my other scripture. Second uh, Timothy 2.16 is to avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it become more and more ungodly. Go, that's a very good uh, subject to bring up for just a second. Explain what you, what you mean by that because godless chatter can get us really into some trouble, can it not? Oh, it can, and I um I want to I want to say first that I am not against Facebook or Twitter, but it was against me, and it was such a such a problem and a temptation in my life to pull me away from from making time to pray and read my Bible because, you know, just sharing your hurting woundedness with the world and and then and it's such an ego stroke to think to know people care about you and so on, but it can become very distracting. Um, from the purpose and what you're called to do and recognize that you're doing this with God and um, you just don't realize really I, I didn't realize un until it hit me in the face one day that like you know I spend more time asking for prayer and collecting things to pray about than I actually did praying hmm. and and that was a problem because <laughs> big big mountains like uh, you know facing a foreclosure or removing the other person or physical healing or all these things that only gets accomplished by God you know and 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 petitioning him and being that persistent widow which I can't think of that scripture right Luke now 18. yes um, you know and that's a verse that's just it's kept popping up over and over and over again to me in second Timothy I found out today it was the last letter that Paul wrote from prison so all the Bible is important but I tend to think that if you know he knew that was going to be the last one, and if he took the time to put that in there, avoid godless chatter. You know, just be aware of, of how you're spending your time and the words that you're releasing, because the same way that prayer is powerful, so are words. 
Um, you know, and that's why it's just important to, to really stay focused on the Lord and, and, and understand what your calling is. In Nehemiah, I love Nehemiah. And uh, my verse specifically, which has become a battle cry in my life, comes from chapter 6, verse 3. Um, and just, if you have time, please read Nehemiah 4, um, 4, 5, and 6, and understand what he was doing to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. And his enemies kept coming against him and, and asking him to, you know, come down. And he says in verse 3, I sent a messenger to them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? And when I am starting to get distracted and just, you know, things that take away from standing rather than contribute to it, I just have to ask myself or tell myself, I'm doing a great work <laughs> and I cannot come down, you know. And, and how I do that is, is just pray and read my Bible because when I am not doing those two things and staying connected to God and feeding that relationship to God and working on the marriage because that's your most important marriage is your relationship to Christ. And if you get that one out of whack, I mean, there's not a lot of hope for the other one. Well, that's, that's the secret. And I think so many people write to us or, or call you or call, you know, other uh, standers and cry out. And somebody wrote me just this week and said that um, she told her uh, friend, who was a prayer partner, that she felt, and I think it may have been in Saturday Testimony, so I may be repeating myself, but in case you didn't read it, that she um, felt that they every time a crisis came, they called each other instead of calling on to the Lord first. Mm -hmm. And she said that I finally told her that we needed to, to separate a little bit in praying because we were praying our circumstances and not praying and growing in the Lord by ourselves. And I know when I was standing, I had a prayer partner that was there when I was at the bleeding stage and not even knowing there is faith and trust and hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. I didn't know the word well enough. To, I knew the Lord when everything was roses, but I didn't know it when I was having a crisis in our marriage and I didn't uh, memorize the word. And uh, if, if I, as I encourage you, memorize the scripture, short scriptures, but memorize greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. No weapon formed against us will prosper. Learn some of these scriptures that we can uh, speak in prayers. I mean, many of you have written to us and said that you even write out prayers now in your journal and pray them back to the Lord, and that is so awesome. And that's things you can do. But the point is, in Nehemiah it says, uh, Bob, I'm going to get you in one minute. Um, Nehemiah 4, verse uh, 14, it says, Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. And when our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot, that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to do his own work. And from that day on, half of my men did the work while the others half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armors. So they rebuilt that wall in uh, 52 days because God was in the midst of it. And, and it was an awesome victory. 
but you're right there was an enemy constantly coming against them but he had them stay focused and so many times we can speak death and we can speak circumstances instead of speaking life and hope and believing and being a, a witness to our our other people that are standing or not even our family members instead of speaking all the circumstances we can speak what the Lord is doing to you and how your faith is increasing they can see you are a new creature in Christ and that's what we need to project not that we're devastated that God is our spouse for the season and that he's our comforter our counselor our protector our defender Bob I'm throwing it over to you but um, thank you I I just want to make a couple comments um, I have so many incredible promises in God's word and um, you know I guess one one, uh, one thing I would just want to encourage for anyone who's saying yeah you know what I just struggle reading God's word um, trust me on this if you he God wants you to want to read his word and if you are being blocked in some reason for that ask him that that is a prayer God will honor ask him to give you a hunger and a thirst for his word because um, I don't know how a person can stand and wait on God's promises without feeling like you have them <laughs> I just you, you have to have the promises mm -hmm. um, you know God's promises are assurances you know that that he gives his people so they can walk by faith while they wait for him to work and and, and the hard part about standing for your marriage is that by definition there's waiting involved and um, you, you have to you have to dig down deep and, and hold on to his promises and um, you know and when the circumstances are huge you know one thing the other thing I want to just say from an encouragement point of view you know, if you think about what your favorite Bible stories are, they're, they're your favorite for a reason. God shows himself mighty to people in really difficult, tough, incredible circumstances, impossible circumstances. He comes to the rescue and he saves. And, and, and we all say, wow, I love that story. I love the story of Joseph. I, lo I love how God saved the Israelites at the, at the Red Sea. I, I love how David slew the giant, or on and on and on, or, or the story of Nehemiah. But why? You know, it's because God shows himself strong, you know, to those who are fully committed to him. And so one of my verses that, uh, um, that I love is Second uh, um, Chronicles 16.9 says for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed or some translations say loyal to him and and you know you get the idea there that you know what there's not that many of us you know God is looking for those who are fully committed and that means fully committed on a bad day you know that we, we may fall but we're still fully committed to him and you know the the uh, the other thing I wanted to make a point about promises, and, and I think it was in one of the devotionals um, this week even. But um, in Hebrews, there's a lot about God's promises. But He says, um, we do uh, in in uh, six twelve, we do not uh, want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. And that's where I just, again, want to encourage everyone to, if, if you don't, if you're like, I'm not sure what God has promised me, ask him. 
just plead with him and keep pleading until he shows you and you know that you know that you know that he has given you a promise that you're going to wait for. And um, and uh, the one that's on the middle of my bathroom mirror, Nancy gave, um, Psalm 27, I've got a sticky note right at eye level, you know, where I brush my teeth, you know, morning and evening. And um, because it's that promise that uh, the, the uh, NIV is, I am still confident of this, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And um, God's shown me that many times, that, that there is a promise that um, he has for me in this life. And, uh, but that's, and I have a lot of promises, but that one's the one that I put front and center I want to remember every day. And Charlene, um, you also mentioned one that I had planned to just mention, but I'll, I'll just read I'll it. I'll mention you, it again. It's uh, in Isaiah 54, 17. Um, where, where God has promised, and, and uh, you know, a lot of these promises are, so, uh, most of them are, are to his children. And, and again, I, you know, Charlene said, you know, if you don't know that you're his child, that, that is step number one, because that's the door that unlocks the promises. God has made incredible promises to his children. And, um, uh, but he says, no weapon forged against you will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that let me say that again because I stumbled. And you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. And you know what the Lord has declared? He fulfills. Amen. That's Amen. Right. You know, I was just thinking about promises the Lord gave me when I was standing, and this is one I don't talk about a lot. But in Isaiah 62, there you could read the whole chapter because it's it's just awesome. The whole chapter is awesome. 60, 61, and 62 are three of my chapters that I just the Lord ministered to me when I was standing. But it said here. Um, now my husband was planning a wedding, and uh, I that was petrifying me. But it also the Lord told me. I it, do not worry about it. He can be in a second marriage. He can be in a third marriage. He can be in fourth marriage. You are your you are the covenant wife, and you're going to stand and wait. And even if you're till 80, you're going to wait for him because you made your covenant vow. Think of your vows that you made, and that's what we have to remember: the vows for better for worse. You know, well, this is probably the worst part of my marriage right now. You know, and in sickness and in health, and I can understand that so differently you know even when Bob was six for 16 years the last few months of his life was so different and so sick and and how that our relationship changed so much during those months and even our children coming and seeing them and the ch grandchildren getting so close to Bob and Bob would talk to them and share with them knowing that he would not see them for long I cannot tell you it is worth every hour, every day that you stand. I don't care how long you wait to have you see the fruits of having your children and grandchildren and generations to come to have a relationship with your family members like that. It's worth it. And um, But when Bob was planning a wedding, I was asking the Lord, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? You know, what do you want me to do? And he kept kept saying, keep standing, you know. 
And the scripture that, one of the scriptures he gave me in Isaiah 62, uh, verse 4, it says, No longer will they call you deserted, or your name, your land, desolate. But you will be called Hezbollah, and your land, Beulah. And it's, it's talking about being restored to Israel. For the Lord will take delight in you, and your land will be married. And now, that was very important to me, because, see, I was divorced, so my land would be called married. That was a huge, huge promise, because I thought, wow, you know, I'm going to be married again, you know, to my husband. I didn't care about anybody else, only to my husband. But then verse 6 was such a confirmation for me. I have posted watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They will never be silent day or night. You who call on the Lord, give yourself no rest and give him no rest till he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. And I just believe that, really, we have had watchmen on our walls and in our ministry praying for our family and our children and grandchildren for years for all the trials and tribulations that we have gone through. But you know what? It's worth it all. I would not trade one day of my life from all that the Lord has walked us through and to have our marriage to be all how it ended and for God to get the glory and for um, even the funeral, even how the funeral was uh, gave glory and honor to the Lord and how Bob touched so many lives. It was worth it all. It's worth every second, every minute that we fight for our marriages because you're not just fighting for your marriage, you're fighting for your children and generations to come. And you are a witness to so many others that you don't even know that are watching. And that's important. I think we've got to be careful and watch out that everybody's watching you. Your children are watching you. And are they hearing and you moaning and groaning? Or, are, or can we be a witness in our own home, sharing to our kids what the Lord is speaking and saying. And, you know, Kim uh, does uh, Charlene Cares for Kids. And if your children have not signed up for that, and that's what we mentioned in this last newsletter, um, sign up for the men's devotional, Dennis Wingfield, Standing Firm. Sign up for, the, for your children to read the devotionals. That, the, that Kim makes to be story form for the kids to understand that they're praying for mom and dad and that God is answering prayers. We need to be an example to our kids. You know, um, it, it's very important that our children and our grandchildren or friends and all of the ones that are around us, that we're an example. What example are we radiating that God is not able or that he is our provider and that he is going to be our sustainer, our counselor. You know, remember Malachi chapter 4, verse 6. He will turn the hearts of the fathers or parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers or parents or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. What a promise. What a promise. Charlene, I know we're running late. but um, Oh, no, we're doing fine. There was one, one uh, other promise that was the one I wanted to get to and I you know I was thinking about last night when we had a short conversation and um, you know you mentioned that you know you you have a heart for um, the men who are standing to you know and um, oh yes a, go into that a little bit please <laughs> uh -huh. 
Yeah, that's a good point. A new, a new, a new subject we need to bring up. Well, I wanted to just specifically mention, um, a, a, you know, there are incredible promises, but Psalm 128, the first um, four verses. I mean, this, you know, works. I'm sure very well for a woman too, but she kind of has to change a couple words. But for for every man that's on the phone, um, you don't have to change a word here but just say, thank you, Lord, that. Because um, let me just read the first four verses because um, it, it's an awesome promise. Again, I'm reading from the NIV. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in his ways. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your sons will be like olive shoots around your table. Thus is the man blessed who fears the Lord. And um, I believe that. And, um, you know, God God allows us to go through difficult times because he has a good plan. And he will come up, he will bring it to fruition if we will wait in faith on him. And, um, you know, when he says something like this, he makes good on it. And I just... Uh, I just want to encourage, um, you know, I think Charlene, I guess the, the point Charlene was making last night was that um, she hears from a lot of, of uh, male standards or, or hears from male standards from time to time. You know, I'm looking for testimonies from a man who's had a marriage restored. And, uh, and um, Charlene has some, but many are not shared publicly or not given on the website the way they are. And... Um, but, you know, the promises are just as real for, for men as they are for women. The Lord, you know, he, uh, he loves us all. He has a good plan. And, um, you know, I think sometimes the more difficult the circumstances, it only means, you know, God, God can make a greater victory for, for any of us. And, you know, so that's, that's true for, um, I mean, that's not a male-female thing. It's because uh, I think the circumstances are incredibly difficult for, for many on this call, but um, never give up on God. I think with uh, male standards and our prayer is that when you get your marriage restored and after you've had your marriage restored, which we just had Vince and uh, Pauline on and Sandra and Andy together and uh, with, with uh, two restored marriages in two different situations and and uh, um, Vince really spoke from his heart that time, and he was saying, "I don't think I can speak, but you know, he never done it yet. It was his first time." But we need to come to the point where, after you get your marriage restored, or after God starts doing some marvelous things in your marriage, that we would start proclaiming it. And and that's what we're praying for: is more husbands and wives. And and the standards um, are the ones that are going to be more. Uh, probably outspoken, but that's okay. We're we're just praying for men and women to rise up and to proclaim restoration of their marriages, and it's not going to be perfect. I, I don't, you know, I we Bob and I have said that for 20 years. Our marriages are not perfect, but you know, it's a process that we went up to the day Bob died. You know, going through different uh, different seasons in our life. You know, but you learn to get through them. But, you know, for men standards, I cannot tell you a better book of the Bible to read than Hosea, because uh, Hosea, Hosea was told to love his wife even though she was an adulteress. 
and that's in uh, Hosea chapter 3 verse 1 and then in Hosea 2 which uh, we women claimed as much as men claim and it says in Hosea chapter 2 verse 6 therefore I will block her path and that's your wife's path with thorn bushes I will wall her in so she cannot find her way she will chase after her lovers but not catch them she will look for them but not find them then she will say I will go back to my husband as at first for then I was better off than now and that is like Bob just said you don't have to change the pronouns or anything we women do that but this is for you men to be like Hosea to understand what God was saying to Hosea to love this unconditional love and the unfaithful wife but the faithful husband who stood and God gave me um, Hosea 14 when I stood and I won't read it all to you now because we're running uh, shorter on time but it says in Hosea 14 your sins have been your downfall take words with you and return to the Lord say to him forgive us our sins and receive us graciously that we may offer the fruit of our lips verse 4 I will heal their waywardness I will heal your spouse's waywardness and love them freely for my anger has turned away from them mm -hmm. awesome scriptures and that is what we're talking about today we want you to understand how important the Word of God is how important Jesus Christ is how important the blood is the cross is how important Good Friday is how important Resurrection Sunday is he brought back to life what everybody thought was dead he is going to bring back to life your dead marriage like in Ezekiel 37 read Ezekiel 36 and 37 we're giving you a lot to read but we've got to do that to get you to get standing firm Nancy Yes, I um, 36, 33 to 36 is the verse that is everywhere in my house and in my life. And I'd, I'd like to just read that portion. Please. This was God's promise to me. Thus says the Lord God, on the day that I cleanse you from all your iniquities, I will also enable you to dwell in the cities, and the ruin shall be rebuilt. The desolate land shall be tilled instead of lying desolate in the sight of all who pass by, and they will say, this land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden, and the wasted, desolate, and ruined cities are now fortified and inhabited. And then the nations which are left all around you shall know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt the ruined places and planted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken it, and I will do it. Amen. Amen. That is awesome, awesome. That was one of mine, boy. I, I claimed that a long time ago, many years ago. And, you know, Charlene, that's why I don't, you know, that's that growth process. But when the circumstances get ugly, um, you know, I'm just like, okay, we got to get a little more desolate, but that's okay. Because the Garden of Eden, that's God's promise. Exactly. You know, that this is for right now. And, and because, again, this is not just about me anymore and my prodigal. This is about God getting the glory and showing his power, you know, and, and I can't, <laughs> I'm just so excited. Exactly, well, and you know, Nancy, you, that what you just said, it's about God and his glory, and, and you know, God, one of the things I found, and one of the reasons the prophets are so incredibly filled with great um, passages, and, you know, 
and you've been standing for a while, you, I'm sure they're all marked up. Yes. God is a restoring God. And you know, from Genesis 3 to Revelation, his primary work has been about restoring fallen man to himself. And, you know, he compares um, his people to unfaithfulness and then how he brings them back in his mercy and grace. And, you know, I don't think we any of us have to question whether I don't know if God wants God wants restoration he wants people to walk in his ways there's no there can be no doubt scripturally it's over and over and over and he is gracious beyond our comprehension and and it's really borne out it's, it's a, awesome to go through Isaiah and um, Jeremiah and Ezekiel and on and on keep going <laughs> you love the prophets as you said I do I just find so much hope there. You know, against, it doesn't matter what his people had done. When they turned to him, he is waiting for them, just like the, the father and the prodigal son story. You know, he's not, you know, he sees them afar off, and he runs to greet him, forgetting all the, you know, cultural norms of the day and whatever. He's, he's a loving father. And the Lord is, says in Luke 15, and that he will go after the lost sheep. Mm-hmm. And and that is what, you know, if you've not really understood understood about the prodigal, why we always called, um, talked about prodigal do come home, the prodigal perspective. Uh, Bob always wrote about the prodigal because he felt like he was the prodigal when he walked away from God um, or that he did not put God first in his life and that's probably what happened to you or to your spouse and that's why we're praying so much for the children for you to be the strong husband or wife that are the example of the Lord Jesus Christ for your children to have a personal relationship and that they will get involved in a youth group at their right age and once they get in sixth, seventh, eighth grade, they are making. They're going to be. They're hearing more about what you don't never knew at your age, um, and they need to have the Lord and bring the Bible. And uh, I was able to buy um, all my our grandchildren a new Bible. Um, the from fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, we bought all new Bibles uh, just recently. I said they were all from Grappa and uh, to get them into the Word. I said, you need to do devotions once a day and read your Bible. And uh, we're going to emphasize that so much because they need to understand at that age, they're going to read everything else. Well, I want them to read the Bible too. And and their parents want them to do that because they're all going to be tempted with many, many things when they're in high school or junior high or high school. And we are the only ones that can be praying for them. And, you know, in uh, Luke 15, it says that he will, um, suppose one of you have 100 sheep and loses one of them, he will leave, does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? He is looking for after your spouse. He knows where he's at, and he's waiting, and he's going, he's calling. He said, then he says when he finds it, he joyfully, puts it on his shoulder and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I can't think of a better word than that. Rejoice with me. I've found my lost sheep. I will tell you that in the same way 
there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Oh, dear people, this is probably a good way to close and to get nearing the end because we need to understand your spouse is on a detour road right now and they need to repent. They need to turn from their ways. Your spouse, you may have been the one that was the prodigal. You get, we get email like that. I made the mistakes. I was ungodly. I was unchristlike. I was abusive. I said horrible things to my wife and all of these things. So am I the prodigal? Am I the standard? No, you were the prodigal. But you're now the standard and your spouse is choosing not to forgive you. Well, if you go to Matthew and you go into the New Testament, you look up the word forgiveness in your concordance. And it says over and over that we are to forgive 70 times 7, over and over again. The Lord says in Matthew 6 that if you do not forgive, it says for, verse 14, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive you your sins. We've got to understand that your spouse is blinded and has a hardened heart, and they're blinded and deceived right now, but not be, not forgiving you and wanting to rebuild your marriage on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Regardless of what you've done, we need to walk through that spirit of forgiveness. That's why we have billboards that says, forgive them. We need to walk in forgiveness. God can touch and restore any marriage due to any circumstances if both spouses will seek the Lord. Either one of you. Yes, I just, um, Romans 4, 20 and 21. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Mm, that's an awesome one. That's great. I love it. You can't add anything better than that. No, you can't. And, you know, that. why are you two standing? Give me a, a, a final sentence for why you both, each of you are standing for different reasons. But why are you standing? I'll start with you, Nancy. Um, because I love my husband too much to do any less. Awesome. You're standing on your wedding vow. He's one flesh with me. I That's right. You're right. He's your one flesh. So don't give up on him. Just keep praying and believing what the Lord's going to do and, and he can do. And, and read Luke 15. If you ever get discouraged or depressed, every standard, read all of Luke 15. Mm. Bob. Well, um, really the same thing. I mean, five and a half years, but um, and, and I attribute this to uh, Jesus Christ um, only, you know, because um, I had 22 really, really good years in my marriage, you know, and, um, you know, so it's easy to love someone who loves you back and, you know, is, is a wonderful wife. That, that's easy, but, uh, or relatively easy, certainly. Um, you know, I guess Jesus, even the pagans do that, right? But, um, 
by his grace you know I've been asking him every day that he would give me his love for my wife and I believe my love has grown even though I'm seldom see her seldom with her seldom interact and you know I, I do I love her as, as Nancy just said you know I, I love my wife too I'm much sure. to quit and <laughs> God him, himself has charged me to do this and I want to be obedient to the Lord who loves me and I, and I found that, and I'm sure it has, Bob, because I tell you, I love my husband more today than I did when I married him. And part of that is because the longer I stand and and, and let the, the same unconditional love that God has for me, mm-hmm. the more I just try to let that flow through into my prodigal and the more I realize what God has had to forgive me and put up with for me, um, the easier it is to be merciful to my prodigal, um, right, and right. and and the love grows together because it's just you know the the closer you draw to God and, and the more you tap into that love, a love that would send His Son to the cross for me before I even had a clue, you know. Um, that's the love that we're called to have, you know, not just for them but for the world around us and. That's why I'm so grateful as we come into the season to celebrate um, the resurrection that, you know, that same Christ that rose from the dead, that same power that conquered the grave, if you know Christ, that same power lives in you. Yeah. Amen. That is so true. So true. And let us remember today and not be selfish and self-centered that we talk about our families. And, Bob, I think for you, you're uh, a perfect example to your children of really the commitment that you have to your marriage vows, regardless of the circumstances. They're all coming to the age where they may be dating, and um, especially the 23-year-old that may start thinking about marriage, and they've seen the marriage fall apart, and now they're watching you, and you're such an example for the the sanctity a marriage and the one flesh and the marriage forever and uh, that's what we're, we're all doing we're, we're projecting to our children and grandchildren the importance of marriage and that it's for life you know um, you know we cannot emphasize and we didn't mention it but praise the scriptures as, as um, mm-hmm. Bob mentioned in some I think 128 did you say Pray that with your spouse's name and pray all these other scriptures we mentioned with your spouse's name. God's word will not return void. And that's so important for all of us to pray. And um, as I said, I ran out of words, and so I started praying God's word because I just didn't know what else to pray. And the Lord turned me and told me to pray the word. So uh, that's a very strong uh, suggestion we have for you. But let's us. Now close, and let us remember to pray for Japan. Uh, they're going through such crises, and we let's pray that the Lord will just meet all of their needs and that he will reveal his power, his love, and so many will turn to him through this tragedy, that many lives will be uh, touched by the Lord. I know there's so many Christians over there praying for them right over there now. Let's pray for Libya. Let us not forget, when we watch the news, let's remember to pray for others. Let's not be just selfish for ourselves. I just cannot emphasize that enough. And do uh, you want to, uh, I'm going to, uh, let Nancy, do you want to start? And then I'm going sure. to let Bob uh, uh, do
do second, and then I'm going to close, and then we're going to have Tim open up the mic afterwards through praying, and we're going to pray close together with the Lord's Prayer, as we always do. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much, um, Nancy and Bob, for being so open and sharing so many scriptures. I just know the men and women were filled up today. Heavenly Father, we just thank you um, for this time, for the blessing of your word, um, for being able to fellowship together and encourage one another. And God, everything, everything is yours. Our, our marriages, our lives, our um, circumstances. A sparrow does not fall to the ground that you don't see. You know exactly what's going on in every situation, Father. And, and we know because you promise in your word and you've shown that love over and over and that consistency over and over that you're right there. That you're right there, God. And, and just for someone on this phone that just feels distant or unsure, Father, speak loud. Speak yeah. loud to them. Amen. Your truth and your word um, so that they can know. And, and Father, if there's anyone here concerned or just not sure, Father, if they even have that relationship with you or have ever accepted the gift of eternal life through your Son that we're going to be celebrating. Father, just I pray for that person, for the lost people. And, Father, there's so many um, hurting in Japan right now just with very real physical needs and dangers. And mm. we just ask that... Um, you put a supernatural hedge of protection around them, Father, mm -hmm. and, and, and somewhere somewhere there there are prodigals and standards, you know, there and, and all these places, Father, and, and just I'm spoiled, you know, here in America and, and sometimes forget that, you know, there's a hurting world all around me and outside of my situation and my circumstances, God, and I just ask you to to just keep us ever mindful of that. Elijah was a man, your word said, and, and he prayed and it didn't rain for three years and then Amen. prayed and it did. Father, we have that power through you to just believe that you're going to, to be taking care of the children, Father, and, and children who will be orphaned, Father, that you'll protect them and see them into new homes, homes where your light will be shared with them and your gospel and your truth, Father, and that many people can come to know you through this. Sometimes it takes tragedy. It, it did in my marriage, Father, for me to come to know you the way that I have. But mm -hmm. I know that through that pain is when often you can speak the loudest. And my prayer for all of us is just that we continue to be receptive of that. Yes, Lord. Amen. Oh, Father, we are so honored that we can come before you in the mighty name of Jesus, that we have been given access to the throne of grace of the God of the universe because you love us, not because of any righteousness on our part, but because of Jesus Christ. And um, that you care about us is amazing in and of itself, but you've manifested that um, so often, so over and over and over again. We praise you for your word and for your promises. Thank you for everyone, Lord, who who called in today. We pray, Lord, that you would touch each one of us and, and, and move mightily in our lives, Lord. We pray that you would be glorified because of the work that you are doing in us and 
in our families, we know that no matter what the enemy has tried to put in front of us for evil, you are able to use for good. You have done this through the ages, and you will do it for us if we will be faithful to you, Lord, and help us. Lord, I just pray for each one that you would encourage us all to be standing strong in the grace and truth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we praise you that even now that there are promises in your word that where two or three are gathered together in your name, you are with us. And, Lord, there are many, many more than two or three on this call together in your name. And we just pray that you would unleash the power of your spirit in each of our lives Amen. for your name's honor and praise and for your good to be at work um, in and through us, Lord. And we pray that we would be uh, light and salt in this world, that you would be glorified. We pray that many, our neighbors and friends, would come to, uh, to know you more. Those who know you, that they'd be encouraged in their walks. And those who don't, Lord, that, that they would come to know you. We pray for our family members, our children, our spouses. That we just lift them up to you. We pray that you would touch and heal and restore and reconcile. We know this is your work, Lord. We can't do it. But we praise you too, Lord, that we have a high priest in the heavenlies, Jesus Christ, and that he is interceding right now for us, for each one of us, Lord, because he knows our individual needs. And, Father, we want what Jesus is interceding for. We want it, and we ask you for it in his name. Amen. Lord, we come to you, and it says in Second Chronicles, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. And we just thank you, Father. We thank you that you're hearing our prayers. You've heard these people speak such hope and faith and share their own circumstances and share what the Lord has done in their lives. Now I pray that all these standards that have walked and listened to this, who are walking through such circumstances, are going to believe that in Hebrews chapter 4, it says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword, and it penetrates even even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of it to him who we must give account, our Lord God. Lord, we pray that the word of God will come and judge the thoughts, will come and judge the attitudes of the heart. Lord, we are praying for you to go and touch all these standard spouses, their children who have rebelled and left home and are running away from God. And Lord, we just pray that you would bind the enemy coming against them. You would bind the evil spirits of adultery, bind against the spirit of whoredoms, the perverse spirit, the lying, seducing, and deceiving spirits, or the anger, the jealousy, and rage that are going on in our phone, in our homes so very strongly. Lord, we just bind against the evil spirits, but we loose on us the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience. And Lord, we just pray you remove 
of, of no communication and, and open the doorways of heaven to have communication and good communication to be started on rebuilding our marriages on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And we need the husbands and the wives to pick up the phone or to text or to email our spouses that are standing and just start knocking on that wall of that door of, of that they have built up of unforgiveness or anger or uh, adultery. Whatever it's caused, we ask you just to remove it suddenly and quickly, and we'll just give you all the praise and the glory of what you're going to do. Because, Lord, it says you will open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that all of them may receive forgiveness of their sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Lord, we are praying that all the prodigals around the world will turn their hearts to you. We're praying for a mighty revival for the next several weeks through Resurrection Sunday that thousands and millions of husbands and wives will have their marriage strengthened, that marriages that are separated or divorced are being reconciled. Children that are away from their families will be restored. Turn the hearts of their children to their fathers. We are just praying for mighty miracles, and it only can be done by us believing in your mighty power and your mighty hand, and we'll give you the praise and the glory of what you're going to do. Bless everybody that's listening, and may they all seek to hunger and thirst for your word even more and spend more time with you in the next several weeks. In Jesus' name we pray. And Lord, you taught us to pray. Our Father. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages.